Halo Survival is a fan-made audio drama produced using assets from the Halo universe. These assets are owned by Free for Free Industries and Microsoft. We hope you enjoy this audio production. Halo Survival A fan-made audio drama produced by Podcast Evolved. Episode 4 Departure Previously on Halo Survival. Dr. Talbot, I'm Captain Chris Cooper, and this is Sergeant Maria Holt. Rhino Squadron were ordered to report here for a briefing on a special operations, I believe? We know that Cortana's guardians have been frequenting the Halo installations. Oni currently has a high-level operation on Zeta Halo, researching the depths of the Forerunner complexes, including studies on the artificial intelligence constructs, which we refer to as Sentinels. We can't risk one of their experiments accidentally triggering a signal which will bring them to her attention. So we need to take action to protect their work. This is where the signal damping module you'll see detailed on the screen comes in. Orders, Captain. O'Neill, Vostok, delay my order. Find somewhere to park up in the woods and keep your heads on a swivel. We're not alone out here. You and Wisner need to secure the compound. I'll stay with the doctor while he sets up the device. We still have a mission to complete. Wisner, two brutes moving in on your six o'clock. Suppressing fire. I don't know if you've noticed, Sarge, but there are brutes everywhere. Talbot's been hit. O'Neill, Vostok, we need the Warhawks here now. Let's move out, Marines. Get us back to the ship. The convoy of two Warthogs tore up the rocky road and rapidly approached the plateau on which the UNSC Swiftgist was waiting. The smooth chassis work of the vehicles were now dented and burnt. Scorch marks and small impact craters tearing deep into their pristine architecture. The footwell of the first warthog was a mess, with blood pooled and splattered, contrasting against its stark interior features. Talbot groaned in pain. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to. His voice broke off with a gurgle as he coughed up some dark red blood. O'Neill's usual cocksure attitude was replaced with one of genuine concern. Hang on, Doc. We're almost at the ship. Just coming up on her now! Weisner called from the back, motioning with his hand to the vehicle behind theirs, so that Vorstock, Cooper, and Holt would also know that they were arriving at the vehicle. In the rear vehicle, the captain pressed an intercom on his chest plate and twisted a knob so that he was on the same frequency as the technicians inside the prowler. Banished forces are on the ring. Prepare for immediate departure. I'll come up to the bridge to let you know when we're ready to go. Affirmative, sir. An urgent reply came back. On the ridgeline, the prowler vessel came into view, sitting where the team had first arrived on Zeta Halo only a short while earlier. There was a hiss as they neared the vehicle, and the ramp for the cargo bay was rapidly lowered so the vehicles could gun it into the bay. Both of the vehicles barreled into the hold and skidded to a halt, with the marines frantically dismounting their vehicles and heading to the first one in order to support Talbot. All oversee getting him to the medical bay. Get to the bridge. Holt said to Cooper with a nod as the two parted ways and the captain sprinted over to the elevator. Holt moved forward to the vehicle. It wasn't good. Blood was gushing from Talbot's open wound, and he was left screaming in pain. O'Neill and Weisner pulled him from the vehicle, but now he was propped up against the side of the warthog. 
His breathing was ragged, and his skin had become pale and clammy. Holt knew it wasn't good. Vorstock followed Holt as her and the other Marines began to surround the doctor. Marines, we need to get him to the medical bay. She turned to Vorstock. Head to the medical bay and get it ready. The Marine nodded and turned. Jogging down a small hallway behind them, Holt then turned to the Marines. Talbot looked at her, fear vivid in his eyes for the first time. Then, abruptly, his eyes shut as he slumped against the side of the vehicle. Crap! Weisner exclaimed, kneeling down and shaking the man. Doc, wake up. Can you hear me? O'Neill knelt down to join him. He lifted the man's limp wrist gingerly and checked for a pulse. I've got a pulse, but it's faint, he said, turning to Holt. We need to move him now, ma'am. All right, let's do it, Marines. She said, and the free marines began to take up positions around the man, working out the best way to carry him down the corridor and into the awaiting medical bay. Whilst the marines took Talbot slowly to the medical bay, Cooper burst onto the bridge, slamming his hands on the control chairs as two technicians inside busily prepared the vehicle for departure. He reached between their chairs and activated a panel on the vehicle's communications dashboard. One of the technicians turned to him. Captain, we can't contact the station now. The transmission will trigger the communications beacon and will alert the Guardian. Get us ready for liftoff. We'll get out of here before the Guardian arrives. This can't wait. He squeezed the comms button in and pulled a headset away from the dashboard. Midpoint station, this is Rhino 01. We have been compromised. Banished forces are present on Zeta Halo. Request new rendezvous coordinates immediately. The line crackled and there was no response. Midpoint Station, please respond. The line crackled again. Cooper slammed his fist down on the console and threw the headset back into place. Something's gone wrong. Get us off this ring now. In the medbay, Talbot was sprawled out onto the operating table. Screaming, Vorstock and Holt were attempting to treat his injuries, whilst Winsner and O'Neill stood in the hallway, watching the horror. The usual banter the Marine squad shared had gone, with the space replaced with eerie silence. Everyone knew it didn't look good. Hand me the scanner. Holt said to Vorstock. The female Marine turned and reached into the medical draw, pulling out a handheld scanning device, which could be used to find where the doctor's injury was. Hole went across the doctor's chest and stomach, where the bulk of the impact he had suffered had been, and found something. Shit. He's got a collapsed lung. Nat, is there any biofilm in there? Forstock looked for some of the drawers, eventually finding a small container with a handheld pump and nozzle at one end. She looked across it, and then passed it over to Holt. We don't have the equipment to treat this here, she said. I know. Holt sighed, injecting the nozzle into the cavity present in the man's chest. On the bridge, the captain was beginning to take in the empty void of space, as it once again began to expand through the viewport in front of them. Stars and space systems of various descriptions could be seen in the distance, and it seemed that, for the most part, things had gone off relatively easily. He looked across the empty space and allowed himself a gentle smile. They had made it off the ring, and they were going to be able to get back to command, get some reinforcements, 
and come back and find out what happened to their forces. Satisfied with this thought, he went to turn out of the bridge when one of the technicians exclaimed out loud, What the hell is that? Cooper turned and felt his blood run cold, emerging from a portal of blue energy. The shape of a silver bird-like construct began to emerge from the portal, with thick, angular wings emerging, and what could only be described as a metallic head with a pair of menacing blue eyes. The structure of the vessel was like nothing he had ever seen before. Separate segments of metal and raw light connected by seemingly nothing, but assembling one of the most beautiful sights he had ever seen. As the artificial being finished unfolding itself, it took a moment to settle. And then, it appeared as though its lights which adorned its body began to grow brighter. The intensity of its eyes becoming blinding, penetrating every corner of the cockpit. Cooper and the two technicians had to cover their eyes as the lights continued to expand, and then the noise began. It was a horrific, high-pitched note that almost began to sound like singing, but it had a thick, ominous tone underneath it, which grew in intensity the longer it went on. Suddenly, it let out what sounded like a of blue energy tore from the prowler, sucking the life from its engines. Computer consoles blinked off in a second, and the vessel was suddenly plunged into red emergency lighting as it lurched with the impact. The medical bay was thrown into darkness as the emergency lights kicked in. Weisner and O'Neill were thrown onto the floor as the vehicle lurched again and began to get sucked in by the gravity of the planet. Around the table, Holt and Vorstock were gripping onto the sides of it for dear life looking at it with confused expressions on their faces as they felt the spaceship begin to drop from underneath them and plummet back towards the surface from which they just came. Things were thrown into the air by the turbulent re-entry. A cabinet in the corner fell, and Vorstock had to dive in the way to prevent it from falling onto Talbot's bed as the man stared wide-eyed at the ceiling. Whilst everyone else seemed confused and shocked at what they were experiencing, his wide-eyed grimace told them what they had already put together. As explosions began to sound in the distance, and the prowler began to tear itself up as it entered a forced re-entry, he spoke, a soft tone which was a mixture of fear and excitement. Clearly delirious from the blood loss, Holt looked at him, a stunned expression crossing her face, asking him to repeat the sentence which he had just mumbled under his breath. He locked eyes with her, and a gentle smile spread across his face as he said it again. I always wondered what it would be like to see a guardian up close. Listening to Halo Survival, a fan-made audio drama produced by Podcast Evolved and narrated by Henry Paul David. The voice of Captain Chris Cooper was performed by Cam 4K Studios. The voice of Sergeant Maria Holt was performed by Kirsty for Halo. The voice of Private Matthew Wisner was performed by Matthew Keel. The voice of Private Dan O'Neill was performed by Demetrius Hazel. 
The voice of Dr. Nate Talbot was performed by William Boyer. The voice of Private Natalie Vorstock was performed by Samantha Endress. Guest starring Brad Joss and Tim Piper. Halo Survival was written by Thomas Fishenden and Colin Perkins. Audio drama created using assets from the Halo video games, and music from both the games and the podcast-evolved original album. Thank you for listening, and Evolve.